0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the modern man podcast where we connect men in pursuit of their potential. Join us as we embrace this comfort, cultivate community, and put wind in each other's sails. If you're ready to take your personal and professional growth to the next level, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to check out the Noble Knights Mastermind group where you can find the support, accountability, and mentorship you need to achieve your goals join us and become a part of a community of like-minded men on a mission to improve themselves and elevate their capacity for life. I'm excited to get some uh, some wind in our sails today. Uh, joining us uh, just outside of Philadelphia, the Northeast, one of my fellow New Englanders, Mike Milner, Mind Over Macros, author of The Personality Diet. Man, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mike. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely, and uh, before we jump into our conversation and, and start talking, I, I always like to let the guests uh, introduce themselves to the audience, just to kind of hear in their own words how they, how they come to the table, because one thing to say uh, what you've done, but it doesn't say who you are. So I, I would love for you to have that opportunity to speak directly to the audience in your own words, and then we can kind of hop into the conversation afterwards, man.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. So uh, I I run a nutrition coaching business. But uh, I would say that uh, lately, I find that I'm talking more about personal development and mindset than anything else. I, I have a passion for psychology, in addition to nutrition, training, and just living a healthy lifestyle. And I found through working with clients that It was not so much about what they were eating and how they were working out. It was more about the stories they were telling themselves and their identity. And and that was really my own journey. I grew up an athlete. I played sports my whole life. And after college ended, I graduated from University of Maryland, no longer playing organized sports, and I was still eating and drinking like a typical college kid. So (laughs) I gained a lot of weight very quickly. And it was in an identity crisis that kind of happened because I was 80 pounds overweight. And it was the stories that I told myself about what I could and couldn't do, that I couldn't step foot on a basketball court, that I couldn't play tennis anymore, that I couldn't see friends from high school because they would be like, what happened to you? How did you let yourself go like this? And yeah, all these narratives that were playing in my mind. So I went on a journey of trying to lose weight and it. And I did everything the wrong way. For for the better part of a decade, it was hours of cardio every day, just work harder, burn more calories, eat less food. And I was on this cycle of of losing weight, gaining it back, losing weight, gaining it back. And uh, I developed a really poor relationship with food and exercise and had some severe body image issues. And it was crawling out of that, that dark hole that led me to want to pay it forward and help people. I started out as a personal trainer, found my passion in nutrition. And then even as I was going through the process of working with clients as a nutrition coach, I noticed that the mindset the mentality was always the sticking point and once I bridged that gap it was it was not just about the physical act of doing something for yourself but it was the stories around that your identity the person you want to become the psychology of goal achievement really became like the bread and butter and and uh, of my business and I started my business five years ago uh, we've been able to help thousands of individuals now to uh, you know achieve the body that they desire but more so create a life that they desire and become the person that they want to become and and that's kind of the you know, the long-winded version of, of kind of what brought us here today.
0: Yeah. No, but what I love about how you break it down though, because, uh, and I think you even posted this recently on IG, you know, when you just kind of look at it on its own health and fitness, it's simple, right? Like, you know, uh, most of us listening we have an idea of what we can and can't eat, right? We have an idea on, on how to be physically fit, and you know, maybe go to the gym a couple of times, get our heart rate up. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily rocket science for all that, but for some reason, there's a barrier to to actually getting started. Now, of course, there's the the nuances and the details in which of the specific results that you want. You're going to need a professional and, and some coaching and some help in that regard. But if someone's just like trying to maybe get a little fitter you know, it could be simple, but the mindset is what holds so many people back. Uh, How do you rewire that? How do you change someone's stories that they tell to themselves? Because as much as you can tell them, hey, do this, do that. If I'm looking in the mirror and I still see fat Ted, which was once a thing, you know, I'm going to continue to act like fat Ted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And as much as people like to say, I want to be told what to do, we actually don't respond really well that way. Like, (laughs) Don't respond to, all right, do this, this and this, because we like to humans like to have a high degree of autonomy, we like to feel in control of our choices. And so the goal is to really get the individual to connect the dots for themselves. So what I like to do to help rewire those stories is first identify where are they coming from? What are those stories to begin with? Like, let's, let's shine a light on that. Let's highlight the narrative that you're telling yourself or the identity that you're attaching to that may not be serving you. Because we can't change if we don't have awareness first, right? If we're, if we have blind spots, if we don't know what we don't know, then how can we change it? So the first thing is let's shine a light on it. Let's bring it to a level of awareness where we start to identify thought patterns, We start to identify behavior patterns. And, and an easy way to figure this out is think about what you want, like the things that you say you value, your espoused values, the things that you say you want, and then think about your values in action. Like, mm-hmm. how do your behaviors line up with your words? And if there's a disconnect, if there is incongruence in those two things, then we've got some investigation to do, because that means that your words and your actions at some point in time are, are not lining up. Yeah. And that's where we can go through the thought process of why. And that's really like the beginning phase of rewiring those stories, rewriting those narratives is what are they to begin with? Why are we acting out of alignment with the things we say we want? What are those stories that are holding us back? And then we get into the habit of challenging those stories and beliefs because we just assume that all of our thoughts are true. All of our thoughts are based in fact, but they're not. Most mm-hmm. of them are not. And there's probably a lot of evidence to the contrary. So when somebody feels like uh, maybe, you know, it's this is overwhelming. I don't know how to get started. I'm not good enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not lovable. Whatever story you tell yourself, there's probably a whole mountain of evidence to the contrary, that that story, that belief is not rooted in truth. Yeah. So we get into the habit of questioning those thoughts and beliefs. And then it's what is the story that would better serve you, that would move you closer to acting in alignment with the things that you say you want, and the things that you value. So that's really the beginning phases. Let's get to the root of where those stories are coming from. And let's get into the process of challenging them and seeing what holds up.
0: Yeah, kind of like, you know, be careful of your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your character, and so on and so forth, which becomes your destiny, you know, these thoughts, they're neither true or false, they're either helpful or hurtful. And when you focus on that, you get to rewire those thoughts a little bit for something that maybe will align your actions with your values, which I, I would imagine plays into someone's confidence, because if they wake up every day, and they're like, hitting the snooze button, and they're like, I'm going to wake up at six and hit the gym but they have a constant record of not hitting that snooze button, I could imagine that just deteriorates the confidence for them to even get started, which makes makes it more of an uphill battle for for someone to try and get out the door and get to the gym.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, right? Like self-confidence and self-trust is built through, following through when you say you're gonna do something. So it's keeping the promises that you make to yourself. Mm-hmm. And your brain keeps tally, your, your body keeps tally. So you can you can sit there and say, um you know this is this time is going to be different or or this time i'm going to follow through but if you have a history of not following through your brain's not going to believe you could sit there and and say all the affirmations you want in the mirror uh, but (laughs) it's not going to matter if if you have a body of evidence that suggests you're not going to follow through or you are going to break these promises so that's why it helps to start really small with things that you know you can consistently do Mm -hmm. and most people when they when they start this transformation process They try to fix everything all at once instead of just going, what is the one thing that I know I can do every single day, no matter what? Maybe it's a five minute walk. Maybe it's only getting to the gym one time per week, whatever it is. I'm just going to stack up wins because that's evidence and self-confidence that I'm going to follow through when I say I'm going to do something. And the more that you do that, it's like building up that self-confidence bank account. Every time you say you're going to do something and you follow through, you're just making another deposit in the bank account. We just want to see that stack up over time. And it compounds the more that you do it, the more you get into the habit of doing it. And that that interest just keeps compounding where then all of a sudden you become the person who follows through when they say they're going to do something.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. My friends think I'm, they they get annoyed with me because I'm usually slow to pick something on, take take something on, but I tell them it's because I'm habit stacking. And by habit stacking, it's if I'm trying to do something new, I look at what am I doing already and how can I add that on? So, like, if I'm brushing my teeth every day, great. I brush my teeth every day. I want to start flossing. Can I floss after I brush my teeth? And that's just a small example on what habit stacking might look like, whereas now before I go to bed, I pack a gym bag. Why do I pack a gym bag? Because it lowers the barrier of entry the next day to go to the gym. So by kind of setting ourselves up for success along the way, we can kind of trick our bodies into getting this, into this habit, into this routine and into this direction that can kind of completely change our trajectory. Uh, You you mentioned something with, with goal setting, which I love because for anybody listening who might work on their mindset, might work on their identity. I think the craziest thing is, you know, and, and you mentioned, former athlete, I could, I can could mention, you know, when I was quote unquote fat Ted and I wanted to be skinny Ted, the moment I looked in the mirror and I decided to see and be skinny Ted, I was still fat Ted. <laughs> like it, it wasn't just like my, my body didn't change as fast as my identity. And, and unfortunately that happens for a lot of people as well, right? Whether it's a goal, whether it's weight loss, whether it's uh, building on muscle, when you start identifying, you don't necessarily change instantly like your mindset. So I can imagine goal setting is is, is extremely helpful along the way. How does that process look for someone to kind of deal with that gap between here's how I see myself now, but I'm still not quite there yet?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, beginning part of that process is that most people don't even identify what the gap is. They just know that there's a gap. And so if you Mm -hmm. were to look at who is that person that you want to become? So for you, when you were identifying as Skinny Ted... Like, what did that look like? How does Skinny Ted act on a daily basis? What are, what does Skinny Ted do every single day? Their habits, their routines, um, how do they conduct themselves and get really, really crystal clear on who that person is that you want to become and the things that they do. And now you have something to compare to because there's probably a lot of habits, routines, even, even from like a mindset or decision-making standpoint or a relationship standpoint, how do they show up uh, with their friends and family? How do they show up at work, whatever it may be, you have all of these things that you've identified about that person you want to become, and you have all these things that you're doing right now. And now we have a clear, tangible gap that we can work with because there's a bunch of things that you're doing that you don't want to be doing because the person you want to become doesn't do those things. So there might be some destructive habits that you have in your life that you're trying to get rid of. Then there might be a whole other list of things that you're not currently doing that you want to be doing because that person you want to become is, is the person that does those things. Now we look at that list and we look at what's the one that stands out as the most doable today. Like the one that, again, it should feel almost stupid how simple it is. It should feel like there's, this, is, this is not enough. You should feel like I'm not working hard enough because this is so easy to stay consistent with. Great. Well, let's add that to the list of things. Like Let's add that to the goal setting process because if we start with one or two, maybe three things that are so easy to follow through. It Not only does it take you one, two, or three steps closer to the person you want to become, but it also builds that self-trust, that self-confidence that we're talking about. So now you earn the trust in yourself to be able to go to the next thing that was maybe a little bit more difficult when you first looked at your list. Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't know if I'm quite ready to get rid of this habit because it's pretty ingrained in me. Or I don't know if I'm quite ready to get to the gym five days a week if that's something that you hope to do but you've built up confidence by taking those first small, simple steps that now you're a little bit closer to becoming that person who gets to the gym five days a week or who can get rid of that toxic habit. So that's the process of goal achievement. The problem is oftentimes we look at the list and we're like, all right, cool. I'm going to change the whole list like tomorrow. (laughs) And it's just not sustainable because one thing that comes up, like One thing goes wrong and everything falls apart. And then you fall right back into the way that you were doing things before, because that's all, you know, that's your, that's your default operating system right now. So we're trying to gradually change what default looks like for you. And the only way that 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 can be sustainable is one step at a time.
0: Yeah. That's where that psychology comes back into play where you, you just fall back where, you know, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to your preparation or you fall to your base identity, you know, and it could be such a simple, a simple add on a simple habit where, you know, about almost two years ago, I moved to a new city in Charlotte, North Carolina, and my wife and I went from a house to an apartment. We're on the second story. We were living there for about a month. And I noticed we take the elevator every day. I'm like, babe, we're on the second floor. Like I counted it. there are 20 steps, like 20 steps. <laughs> and it was just that small change. So simple, so easy. Even our dog loves running up the steps better than the elevator, and. To this day, since after the first month or so, mainly just because, hey, we moved in, we're parrying the boxes, we got used to using the elevator every time. But now we take the steps and our neighbors who sometimes, they have a baby, they have the stroller, they take the elevator, the steps are faster. (laughs) So we save time in doing that. So I, I, I say that story as a challenge to somebody who can identify in their life where maybe that small change can maybe make a healthier habit or maybe just identify a little different but i don't want to talk about fat ted anymore he doesn't exist so uh <laughs> i i want to see i want to learn more about your story mikey where, you, where you mentioned when you were at maybe your lowest at your darkest and deciding to change things around you mentioned making a lot of mistakes at first and and finally coming to you know the revelation and finally coming to the conclusion and hopefully you 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 know you're looking to have others avoid the same problems what was your story like and and what were some of the highlights, some of the uh not so much highlight and uh how 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 you got
1: you here? yeah, so it's interesting because I look at my journey, and a lot of people assume that when I talk about the low lights that I'm talking about when I was two hundred and sixty pounds and didn't recognize myself and had the identity crisis what's what's funny about that is when I look through old pictures, I can find a bunch of pictures of when I was. 250 260 at my heaviest. I got down to 160, like 167, I think was my lightest. Mm -hmm. I have one single picture that I ever took of myself at my lightest because I picked myself apart more when I was 160 than I did when I was 260. Hmm. So when I got to that level of leanness, I was on this pursuit of never being enough. And originally, I told myself that 200 pounds was my goal. I had to get below 200 pounds and I got below 200 pounds. And then I said, that's not good enough. I need 190. And then that wasn't good enough. 180, 170, 160. And it was never going to be good enough. And every time I reached this, this, you know, checkpoint along the way, it was just push the goalpost back and keep going. And what I found was that when I was 160, I hated my body. I hated how I looked. All my relationships were a mess. I was, Telling friends that I couldn't hang out with them because I was obsessed with, you know, eating perfectly and had no room in my life for balance. Um, I was married at the time, drove a wedge in my relationship with my wife at the time. I was in the darkest place at my lightest. So, so physically everybody's like, Man, you look great. You're so lean and everything. And I'm sitting here like, I look terrible. I hate my body. I'm not close to anybody that I care about. Uh, I'm not, I'm not spending time with family, I'm not spending time with friends. I've uh, you know, my marriage is is falling apart, all of these things that were kind of shattering around me. And that was really like uh, an awakening moment for me because I recognized that I was just chasing just to chase like I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what getting fit meant to me. I didn't know what the goal meant to me. It was just a number and it was just a hollow pursuit. And I think a lot of times we get in, you know, I I work with a lot of other coaches on on business and a lot of times they get into this mindset of more revenue, more revenue, more revenue. And if we don't actually identify, like, what does this mean to you? What is the life that you want? Who is the person you want to become? What is you associate with that revenue? What does that allow you to do? Why is it important? Um, Because I never took that time to identify that for myself. So it was just this emptiness. Like I thought, once I crossed this, this, you know, landmark number, that all of a sudden, like life gets better, like I unlock this new level of life, and it's all sunshine and rainbows. And and that wasn't the case. I'm still, it's just me with myself. And that was really what got me into more psychology and personal development. Cause I really had to go inward to find out like what's truly important to me. And then by identifying the things that I value the most, I recognize that I'm saying that I value family and friendships and relationships and all these things, but my actions tell a different story because I'm sacrificing all of those things just for the sake of, of chasing this goal that I don't even know why it's important to me, um, yeah. so that was really like the first turning point, and uh, it changed the way uh, that I approached the process of of goals. like I made sure that anytime I was going to set a goal, that there was going to be meaning attached to it. It wasn't just a number for the sake of hitting a number. it was there's a goal that has meaning behind it, and I know that the meaning is directly in relation to the things that I want most out of my life, the things that I value more than anything else. Um, so that was really like the the turning point and um, what made me want to coach other people because I didn't want anybody to hit that rock bottom of feeling like I've worked so hard for something and here I am still miserable and and lonely and trying to find like what this like why is what's it all for? Why am I even doing this and just trying to pick up the pieces? So I would say the highlight was when I started to act in accordance with the person that I wanted to become and there was meaning attached to it. And I started operating in alignment with my values. And I started to develop an operating system for making decisions that move me closer to the things that I want instead of more. So I have a saying that I always bias closer versus more, meaning I'm going to make decisions that move me closer to the things I want instead of doing more just for the sake of doing more. A Mm -hmm. lot of times we like to feel productive because we add more things to our plate or we chase higher, you know, um, different goals. And we just want to keep pushing the goalposts back. But is that really moving you closer to what you want? Sometimes the pursuit of more is actually taking you away from the things that you value. And so um, that's really been like the, the transformation that's happened in me as a person and the things that I've tried to lead with, you know, other people who were coaching in our program and other coaches that I work with that I mentor. Um, it's really helping them develop that North star. So you always know what you're, what you're moving towards. Yeah, man, that,
0: that's amazing. Cause you know, where, where, you know, man doesn't have a destination. No wind is favorable, right? And you're just lost in, in this ethos. And I think so many guys find it in their financial pursuits, in their fitness pursuit, in their relational pursuits. And you know, regardless, it doesn't matter how much money's in the bank account, how many women you've slept with, or or how fit and ripped you look, you still feel empty because you know you, you're using that pursuit to fill a different void, which we just haven't identified yet. Um, how have you found the psychology playing into the the approach for your clients where oh, a lot of clients might come thinking they're they're going to get one thing but you're serving something different right and it could be maybe jarring to someone's like man I just want to pick up some heavy stuff and you know I just want the playbook um, how have you found their reaction beforehand and then afterwards when they finally got that sauce and they're like ooh you're onto to something
1: yeah so <laughs> It, it's always there's always like the light bulb goes off at a different moment for every client. So sometimes there is just the like, hey, let's cut the crap and let's just get straight to the work. Like I I want to you know I want to build some muscle. I want to get leaner. I want to be more fit. And and we'll keep you know trying to peel layers back. Like what's what does that mean? What is that for? And like even if it's somebody who uh, let's say they they have a family and I'm like cool. I snap my fingers and I give you 10 pounds of muscle today. You look shredded. You got the six pack. You got everything you want. But you can't see your kids ever again. You're going to take that deal? And they're like, hell no. I'm like, oh, so there's there's more than just how you look. There's more to your life than just how you look. What else is there? And and we'll we'll kind of start to peel back, like, what actually matters to you? What do you value? And what I want to do is I want to weave this goal that you're trying to achieve into the value system that you have, where you get to look the way you want, but it's not coming at a cost of, Giving up time with your kids, for example. So we're going to look at the whole lifestyle. We're going to look at all the pillars in your life that are important to you, whether that's business relationships. Um, so a lot of times it's like, yeah, just just tell me how to eat, tell me how to train. Um, but once they realize, like, oh, there's a lot more to it than that. That's when they realize that it's it's about fulfillment. It's about joy. It's about enjoying the process, and the goal can be had, weaved into all the things that you value. That becomes thing that that now they're like okay I get it I know what I'm I know what I'm working towards I'm not just lifting weights just to lift weights I'm not just showing up gym just because you told me to I know there's a purpose behind it and when you lead with purpose now all of a sudden you're more likely to follow through you're more likely to become that person it's it's the identity shift you're stepping into that future version of yourself that you imagine all those dots start to connect like my job as a coach is not to connect the dots for you it's to lay out the dots so you can connect them for yourself. So I always say, like, I'm I'm just the lighthouse. You're steering the ship. I'm just showing you the waters and showing you some options, showing you which direction you might want to go. And you're still driving the boat. You're still steering the ship. We're just going to illuminate some of the things that are available to you. And then you get to make those decisions based off of what you value the most.
0: Yeah, giving them that autonomy, like you mentioned beforehand, which is really what we want to have control over our destination, over our day to day and make the decisions ourselves. And, and continue to steer the ship in the direction we think is favorable um i, I want to mention something I, and i saw you put it on instagram and it's funny that you use the phrase uh look good naked or look better naked because i always joke and i i say you know everyone's like okay ted why do you work out why why do you pay attention to your fitness and i say you know i got two reasons one is, is look good naked and two is be hard to kill right and th- that's just been my joke but i also like when i elaborate on it i'm like look good naked i want to be attractive to my wife i want to you know be fit enough for for my kids i want to be hard to kill not just because i'm strong or whatnot but it's heart health too cardiovascular health it's longevity long life those that are fit have a longer life so i'm not talking about you know biting a mugger in the alley i'm talking about heart disease and all these things that are trying to kill us these silent killers that salt on the table things like that but eh, I think in your post, you were talking about the hacks that people try and find the fad diets, right? And I've, I've done a few and I've tried all the different cleanses and things like that, but I love how you said, you know, um, habits over hacks and so many people look for the shortcut. They look for the secret. They look like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm just trying to lose these 10 pounds in 30 days and be on my way. But that's not it. Why is it so important to have more of the habits over the hacks?
1: Because one's sustainable, one lasts a lifetime, the other one lasts for maybe 30 days, maybe (laughs) 60 days at most. Uh, And it's, you know, when you talk about the psychology behind it, if you're looking at a hack, oftentimes there's this big dopamine hit that comes when you when you hear about the new, exciting optimization, you know, secret 30 day, you know, we're, we're looking for that secret pill, we're looking for that 30 day hack, we're looking for the cleanse, all the things that you mentioned, there's a dopamine hit that gets triggered in our brains that seeks out that instant gratification it's like oh i don't i don't have to wait i can have what i want like today or tomorrow or you know it's not it's not that delayed gratification that doesn't feel real it doesn't feel tangible so it plays on our psychology and the reason why we're attracted to things like that is because we do get that pleasure seeking response which drives us to action so i can say all right we're going to get you shredded in 30 days and you're going to think about how you look shredded you're going to think about the fact that it's only one month away and you're going to get a dopamine release in your brain, and it's going to tell you, I want that. Mm-hmm. You do have that prefrontal cortex that allows us to pause and to think logically and to say, if there was a magic bullet, if there was a secret pill, if there was a secret formula that you know everybody could have access to and be shredded in 30 days, then everybody would be shredded right now. And that's not the case. So the, so the logic brain can kick in and say, I know what I need to do to build these habits that are solidified over time. And it's just being able to understand the path that you're on, that the habits are what are, that that's the thing that's going to take you from where you are to where you want to be and never have to fall back down. Like you'll fall down, but you'll fall down to a higher level. Mm -hmm. So it's like you climb the mountain, you might, you might fall back down, but you're not falling down to the bottom of the mountain because you've built up this strong foundation, this strong base. And that's really what it is. Like the habits are the things that that take you through difficult times. The habits are there for you when life is messy and things feel out of control. Like those are the things I call them anchors. Those are the things that ground you that, you know, no matter what, I still have these things, you know, they have my back and, and I'm going to follow through no matter what. That's what's sustainable. That That's what keeps you alive longer. That's what keeps you going. Um, so, you know, the hacks will come and go. There'll be a million different quick fixes and You know, this one thing will get you the results you desire It's just recognize what's happening mentally, recognize that there's a reason psychologically why you're attracted to it. And then take a second, pause, think about it logically and recognize, you know, what you actually need to do to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And being a fan of psychology,
0: you're probably familiar, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, where the three things we have that really impact how we operate is our behaviors, our thoughts and our feelings. Our thoughts and our feelings, I've said as examples, are infiltratable. If I said, don't think about a pink elephant, you're probably thinking about a pink elephant. If I remind you of a tragic situation or I—I or I, I, even you watch a movie with the, the soundtrack that gets you all emotional, boom, we've infiltrated your feelings, but you have control over your behavior. And just this past week, yesterday was Monday. We we're recording this on a Tuesday, and my wife and I were in a little bit of a funk and you know, kind of just not really – motivated to do everything that we had ahead of us and i was like okay let's reschedule this and that and she's like oh are, are you nervous i'm like no tomorrow's tuesday and i know i had podcasting recording tuesday my gym i'm off on the gym on mondays but i work out on tuesday i got my haircut i have a jam-packed schedule i'm like i have no choice but to be motivated on tuesday and i look forward to that and here i am recording this podcast with you and man i'm on fire so I can understand that our behaviors could be our foundation for how we feel and and our, the thoughts that we have. And when we have those habits in place, that's the best hack to help get us out of a slump, get us out of a a, a valley. I call it peaks and valleys. The peaks get higher, the valleys get shallower, and we keep on moving, going and going. When it comes to finding a diet that works for us, I know it's not a one size fits all. And you, I know you you ventured in nutrition and you help folks in that regard too. What is it that you find that has been most helpful for people when it comes to the diets that they choose or the foods they decide to eat?
1: Yeah, so um my philosophy on this is is that simple at the end of the day beats everything. Simplicity <laughs> always wins. Like if you're doing a diet that has a name, it's probably not the right diet. And that's <laughs> like if you're like, "All right, I'm going to try this keto diet. I'm going to try this paleo diet. I'm going to try this whatever diet." If it has a name, it was probably not built for you. Uh, and and you're you're looking at it through the, the wrong lens, not that there's, you know, there's certainly elements of certain protocols that that I'm okay with. But the problem is that you're looking at it through a lens of something that you need to be on, because typically we think of, all right, I got to, I got to do this diet. And we're not thinking about how can I fundamentally change my eating habits or my nutritional choices. So you're already viewing it through the the incorrect lens or at least in my opinion, a lens that's not serving you for for the long haul. So scrap the the diet names and just look at how can I gradually over time shift my nutritional habits? How can I start to gradually make better quality choices, eating mostly whole quality food sources, fruits, veggies, you know, quality carbs like rice, potatoes, lean protein, um, you know, healthy fats, things like that. And just If you're not doing if you're eating a lot of processed food, it's okay. If you're eating a lot of fast food, that's okay, just start to gradually make that shift. How can I, you know, instead of drinking, you know, two sodas a day, I cut back to one, I drink more water, Um, you know, I'm trying to increase my protein intake. That's the one thing that most people would benefit from is just eat more protein. When in doubt, protein and veggies with every meal, and then just fill in the rest with some of the stuff that you like, like, you know, a starchy carb, like a potato rice, um, some oats, get a, get a fruit in there, some veggies, you're, you're good, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you know, we can get into more specifics about what that looks like for each individual, but, but the basics have stood the test of time. Food quality matters. Um, that's not to say that you can't ever have a slice of pizza, like incorporate the things that you like in moderation. But try to gradually over time, reduce the amount of processed food that you're consuming, increase the amount of whole foods that you're consuming, get in more protein and veggies, and you'll be most of the way there. Absolutely. No, I love all that. And hey, it's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Don't ever take my
0: tacos away from me. <laughs> I love my tacos. What does a, a balanced, harmonious, and good, healthy life look like?
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's person dependent. I think it really depends on um, what you value. You know, I I look at certain pillars in my life. Uh, Relationships are a big pillar of mine. Family is a big pillar of mine. Uh, Finances and business, and then my health and fitness. So to me, balance and harmonious is like, those are the things that I'm always going to tend to that are always going to be a priority. Now, there's seasons and phases. So what I look at is there might be a time where I'm pushing like 10 out of 10 effort on my business. Like it might be a growth, season for business and finances. And that's that's the main priority for a particular period of time. And I know that when that happens, the other pillars of my life are not going to also be a 10 out of 10 because I'll burn myself out. But what you have to do is you have to know what the minimum effective dose is to maintain those other pillars. Meaning, what does it look like for me to just maintain a good level of health and fitness? What does it look like for me to maintain healthy relationships, Um, you know, the things that that matter to you, we always look at like the max effort, but we never look at the minimum effective dose. And I think that, you know, it's like, if I can build muscle going to the gym three days a week, and going to the gym five days a week is not going to make that much of a difference. There might be a season where three days a week is all I need, because it gives me some time and energy to focus on a different pillar, where I'm still maintaining and managing my health and fitness, but I'm putting a little bit more effort and energy into something that maybe needs a little bit more care, like my relationship, for example, Like if I know that uh, relationships are, are kind of taking a backseat, like, I really want to invest more into my friends and, you know, spend time with my fiance and spend time with my family. I'm going to look at the other pillars of my life. And I'm just going to make sure that they're getting that minimum effective dose while the relationships are getting a 10 out of 10 effort for a specific season. Now, you don't always have to go max out on one pillar. It's just an example of how when you know what's important to you, harmony is they're all being tended to in a different way. Sometimes certain seasons and phases will require more attention in one area than others. But that doesn't mean that everything else has to fall apart because you're focusing on business or you're focusing on fitness. It means that you should always have a level that, of, of care and attention with each of the things that matter most to you. But it doesn't always have to be a max effort.
0: Yeah, I see it as kind of like for each value, there's a whole bunch of knobs, and they're all adjusted to give the same overall output. But sometimes you have to turn down one knob to turn the other up. But you go back and you you just you play with all the knobs until you you continue to keep that level going and you you keep pushing forward. Um, man. Mike, this is this has been amazing. I, I want to make sure that the audience and, and and folks listening and watching on YouTube have an opportunity to connect with you, uh, even work with you and even get your book. I know it's the, the personality diet that that you have. Um, I'd really love for them to connect with uh, your, your coaching and also check out your show, Mind Over Macros. So how, how can they do that? What are the links?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, the, the book, The Personality Diet, that's available on Amazon. You can just search my name or just search The Personality Diet. Uh, the podcast is Mind Over Macros. You can find that on any podcast platform. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram. The handle is at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Uh, if you have any questions about coaching, you just hit me up on Instagram. I respond personally to all my messages. So that's that's the easiest place to connect.
0: Absolutely. And I'll have those links in the show notes for everybody. And I'll be uh, making sure that they could just go ahead and hit that whatever platform they're on and it will open up on their device. But uh, last question, and, and it's usually the heaviest one, which is why I save it for last. And if you need a couple of seconds to think about it, I don't mind the dead air, but um, it's simply, you know, what is something that you've seen or something that's happened to you that shapes the way you view the world as a man?
1: Mm. Uh, I would say that right before I started my business. So we're talking August of 2018. Um, If you rewind a little bit before that, I was working as a nutrition coach for another company. Um, I was married at the time. And uh, I was living outside of Philadelphia. So at the end of 2017, I moved from outside of Philadelphia to Orange County, California with my wife at the time. And then we decided to get separated. So around March, April, I moved back home. So I moved across the country, moved back across the country, got separated, started going through a divorce. The company that I was working for at the time, um, I had some like intellectual property that I had created that I wanted to release with them. Um, they they stole my idea and fired me. And, uh, and then my grandfather passed away, right? Like a month after that. And so he was like the biggest mentor of my life. Somebody that I looked up to who was um, you know, had some big shoes to fill. So I lost somebody who was really close to me, um, went through a divorce, moved across the country twice, and had an idea stolen from me, and then fired. So I was no job, um, and like kind of nowhere to turn type of situation. And it was really from that moment that my business was born, I really felt like I had no other choice. It was a sink or swim moment. Uh, and, and the way that that shaped me is everything came that came out of that. Uh, I don't ever look back at that time as, you know, poor me, or why me or anything like that. What it did was it just helped me to realize that anytime I'm in the storm, or I'm in that pit, that there's something incredible that's just on the other side if I just keep crawling. Mm -hmm. So I always think about that anytime life is beating me down, anytime I feel like, man, there's really nowhere to turn. I just think keep crawling because you're so close to being out of the storm. You're so close to being out of the pit and look what happened the last time you were here and you didn't think there was any way out. Um, So that's, that's really shaped me in uh, dealing with hardship and dealing with adversity is just like the moment that I always come back to and like, look what happened after that moment, after all those series of events led you to that point. And every time I thought it was over and like another thing happened, it just led me deeper into that pit. It didn't matter. And it was like that, has completely shaped the way that that I show up, especially uh, when times get tough.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Sorry that it all happened. But like you said, that you're, you're not what was me. And, you know, we, we can we can make the decision in life to be the, the victim or the victor and and rise above it. And, and here you are victorious, hands raised above your head, ready to go and ready for the next round. Because we know, hey, as long as we got air in our lungs, we still got a fight ahead of us. So Mike, this is, this has been awesome, man. I thank you. I appreciate you. And, and uh, I hope some of our, our audience reaches out to you and gets more of the value that you have to offer, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to recap some of the things that you shared really quick. Cause a lot of folks probably working out themselves while listening or, or probably cleaning up around the house. Uh, one more set, by the way, I, I see you on the bench, but how, what stories are you telling yourself? What stories are we telling ourselves? Our identity will shape our behaviors and those behaviors end up shaping our lives. So by reframing those stories, changing our mindset, we can, in fact, realign our thoughts with the values that we actually have. Values in action, as Mike said, think about what we actually want and then go for it. Challenge some of our thoughts and our beliefs that we've maybe picked up through time and we never really questioned why we've gotten those beliefs in the first place. Start keeping promises to ourselves, and we start by doing the small promises, maybe adding on that very small habit, that small stack that seems, like Mike said, almost too easy to not do, and we start by there. We start reworking our identity, and then we identify that gap, identify the identity gap in terms of who we want to become and who we are, and identify who that person we want to become would actually do. And understanding that when we connect the reasoning to the goals that will help us, In the appropriate pursuit, because more is not always closer. And as Mike shared, man, this hit me, the darkest at his lightest, man, understand that your pursuit, whether it's money, whether it's those relationships, that might be a distraction from your values and the actual goals if you don't have meaning attached to them. And of course, what is the minimum effect of those to maintain balance and harmony? Sometimes we're going to have to put more attention in one area than others. Our values stay the same, but our priorities might be rearranged here and there all to get to the overall end goal that we hope. And again, we're never done growing. We're never done learning. Keep on keeping on each and every single day. And if you need help along the way, you got people like Mike out there who are ready to walk the walk with you. Guys, I appreciate you making it to the end of the episode. If you got value from this, you already know what I'm gonna ask. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get a new episode each and every single week. Do us a big favor, share this with somebody you know can get value from it as well. And leave us us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. That's the only way we can improve. So we'd love to hear from you on that. But thank you for making it to the end. And as we always say at the end of the podcast, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Well,
1: let's get I think doing a great job.